not thousands of preachers today uh, that will be preaching from uh, this passage for Mother's Day because uh, Hannah uh, is one of the great examples in the Bible uh, of a mom. Uh, and we're going to read uh, part of, well, most of uh, this account, but we're going to begin today uh, in verse uh, number 19 uh, in 1 Samuel in chapter number 1. I want to preach a message this morning entitled, uh, No More Sad. Uh, no more sad, a phrase uh, from this passage of Scripture. And we're really going to look at uh, her uh, spiritual, emotional state uh, through this entire ordeal. Uh, of course, we understand and know, and we're going to read here in a second, uh, that uh, what she is most known for uh, is her giving of Samuel uh, to the Lord. Uh, and uh, after he was weaned, the Bible says that she took him there. It's a promised uh, child of God that she prayed, and God answered her prayer. Uh, she had promised God that she would give uh, Samuel to him, and she did. Uh, and as a parent, uh, it might be uh, difficult to contemplate uh, that kind of commitment uh, and separation uh, to give your child up and then go and visit them, you know, once a year. Uh, I assume that would be the case. Maybe that would be a blessing for some of you. Uh, and uh, certain days of the year, uh, you know, you want to drop them off at church and pick them up, uh, you know, by the end of the day. I can understand that. Uh, but as a parent, uh, this type of commitment uh, is something that's unusual. Uh, and through it, she exhibited a faith uh, in the Bible that is uh, very, is very um, I guess, uncommon or rare uh, in this world. We know that the Bible says that the just shall live by faith, that faith is an important virtue. Obviously, as a Christian, uh, we, it's impossible to please God without faith. Uh, but the kind of faith that she exhibited is something that is uh, unique and rare that we just don't see uh, anymore. Uh, we don't trust God like we should, uh, even knowing full well uh, all that the Bible reveals about God and His character, uh, we still struggle with faith uh, as, a, as a principle, as a virtue, uh, and then in a practical way, uh, bearing that out each and every day uh, to, uh, to others, uh, which we're supposed to and should be doing uh, all the time. Uh, but let's begin reading in verse number 19. And then we're going to come back and cover a few other verses uh, as we make our way through. The Bible says, And they rose up uh, in the morning early and worshiped before the Lord, and returned and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass, when the time was come, about after Hannah had conceived, that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. And the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah went not up, for she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned, and then I will bring him that he may appear before the Lord, and there abide forever. And Elkanah her husband said unto her, Do what seemeth thee good, uh, tarry until thou have weaned him. Only the Lord establish his word. So the woman abode and gave her son sock until she had weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bullocks and one ephah of flour and a bottle of wine and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. And they slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here praying unto the Lord. 
For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. Uh, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I pray today that you'd bless this message. Lord, help us to see the truths contained in the story, uh, Lord, that might help us to live better for you today. All of us need an increase of faith. Uh, all of us are going through things that uh, are unusual. Uh, all of us uh, have uh, determined in our heart, understanding your word, uh, that you're a sovereign God, that, every, that you're in control, uh, and that what we're going through uh, is ordained by you. Uh, Lord, I pray that you bless it uh, in Jesus' name. Uh, amen. Uh, I love this story in the Bible uh, for all of its dedication. And uh, there are a lot of kind of underpining uh, stories, of course, of Eli, uh, the priest that was there. Eli wasn't really uh, a very good man. Uh, and, uh, and his sons, even worse, Hophni and Phinehas, uh, had made a mockery and, uh, of uh, the work of God. The Bible says that they, did, that they were sons of Belial, uh, that they didn't know the Lord. Uh, but they were priests of the Lord. And, and let me say this, uh, our, um, you know, if you're asked somebody, if you go to church, they might say something like this. Say, well, I don't go to church. And you know, why? They say, because the church is filled with hypocrites. <laughs> and uh, I, depending on, I guess, the conversation and uh, my uh, liberty and how I would know that person, I might say, well, uh, why don't you come and there'll be one more. Uh, and uh, churches are always going to be filled with hypocrites. Uh, but even though uh, not only was uh, the, uh, the, where they would go to worship filled with, uh, with people that are hypocrites and sinners, just like in any generation, uh, even the leadership uh, that was there was just uh, out of control uh, when it comes to their disobedience to God and the sin in their life. Uh, but uh, I'm saying that to say this, uh, it doesn't matter the spiritual state uh, of the people who attend your church uh, or in fact, the spiritual state uh, of your pastor, uh, your, your willingness, desire, dedication uh, to the assembling of yourselves together uh, needs to trump all of that. Uh, and, and so obey the Lord. And, uh, and I'm no Eli and pr praise the Lord or Hophni or Phinehas, uh, but I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And uh, this parking lot and, and, uh, is filled with sinners uh, uh, that are saved. And, and if there's somebody that's here that's not saved, I pray that they get saved today. Uh, but every one of us is a work of grace if we're born again. Uh, and, uh, and so I just wanted to point that out. Uh, she went, uh, they went to the temple and everybody knew. We find out a little bit later that Eli found out what was going on on uh, with his sons. Uh, but uh, just like any uh, group of people, uh, I'm sure people were fully aware of the sin uh, and wickedness that was taking place, uh, yet they went uh, because they were uh, told of God to go. It was their responsibility uh, to be there. Uh, and so uh, they had gone to the temples. There's the underlining story of Eli and Hophni and Phinehas and, uh, and Elkanah himself. He was a, uh, he was a son of Korah. Uh, and, uh, and we know that, uh, that God had, had cast judgment upon the sons of Korah uh, for their rebellion. Uh, but even though he was a son of Korah, uh, God had used uh, his will and his plan uh, to allow for this story to take place uh, and for Samuel to be born, uh, who was the, the last of the judges and the first of the prophets uh, and a man of God 
uh, who, as we read the Bible, uh, was faithful to the Lord and really uh, people couldn't find uh, fault in him. Uh, and then in chapter number two, we find Hannah praising God. So after she had uh, fulfilled her promise to the Lord and giving her son to, the, uh, to serve the Lord with his life, uh, we find her praying a prayer of praise and enlisting a number of things all the way down there, which I, I think is remarkable, uh, having done what she's done and uh, having gone uh, what she has gone through. So Hannah in the Bible uh, is an example of, of faith, uh, an example of a mother, uh, who, uh, when God blesses, and by the way, uh, all children, every child uh, is a heritage of the Lord. Uh, God gives them to us uh, to steward uh, and to raise, to live, uh, for God to raise them up in the, uh, the nurture uh, and the admonition of the Lord. Uh, and uh, God says that we're to have a quiverful uh, and that, that they're given to us by Him. Uh, and we ought to be thankful uh, for every opportunity that we have uh, to, to lead and direct and guide uh, to, uh, to uh, be blessed with, with children. Uh, and by the way, I'll just throw this out there. I, th I don't think any child is uh, an accident. Uh, I believe uh, that God, before He forms us in the belly, He knows us. And, uh, and uh, if uh, someone uh, has a child uh, and they do so out of uh, the, uh, you know, the umbrella of marriage and they sin against God, um, uh, those children uh, need to be loved and, and blessed and raised and, and done right by uh, because they've been given to us by God. Uh, and, and so always remember that. And, uh, and we're so quick to judge people uh, because that's our nature. Uh, but uh, it's a shame. Uh, and and it's, I've always believed this. It's, it's shameful uh, when people punish children uh, for the decisions of their parents. Uh, and so uh, make that uh, another sermon that you can take away uh, today uh, and, uh, and uh, kind of file that away. So we find her praising God uh, and professing proclaiming uh, the goodness of God uh, in chapter number two. Uh, and all that had taken place in chapters one and two and in the life of Samuel was to bring glory to God. But let's back up and get a running start uh, at this part uh, of uh, the message uh, in chapter number one, all the way back at the beginning in verse number one. The Bible says, Now there was a certain man of Ramathim, Zophim of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jehoram, uh, Droham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, and uh, Ephrathite. And he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other uh, Penina. And Penina had uh, children, but Hannah uh, had no children. Uh, I want to point out this morning about the life of Hannah just a couple of things. The first is obvious because we've already mentioned it, uh, that at the beginning of the story, uh, Hannah was barren. Uh, the Bible says here uh, that she had no children. Uh, and in fact, as we read a little bit further in verse number five, it says, but unto Hannah, he gave a worthy portion. He loved, it says, for he loved her. Uh, Elkanah loved Hannah. It says, but uh, the Lord had shut up her womb. Uh, she was barren. Uh, she was going through a lot of difficulty. I mean, for starters, uh, she was one of two wives uh, to her husband. Uh, and uh, even though uh, at that time in history, that might have been more common, uh, obviously, than it is today, uh, it can never be a good thing. Uh, the competition, uh, the resentment, 
uh, that that can breed the jealousy and uh, that uh, would be rampant in a relationship like that. Uh, we see the problems, uh, but it was a difficult situation just straight out of the gate uh, being a, a, a one of several wives uh, to a man uh, in that uh, day and age. Uh, she was discouraged, the Bible says and, uh, in verse number five that, uh, that uh, Hannah was loved by her husband, uh, that the Lord had shut up her womb and her adversary also provoked, provoked her sore. That's Penina for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. Uh, so not only was she barren and had to live with the difficulty uh, of being uh, the uh, sister wife, if you will, uh, of uh, Elkanah, uh, she was discouraged because of that. The Bible said uh, that uh, she was provoked sore, uh, that she wept and, uh, and was discouraged uh, and desperate, uh, and that to be... Um, uh, to have a child, of course, we know in that time, uh, and every, every time, uh, having children is precious, uh, but uh, that was something that, uh, that if you were barren uh, and without children in that culture was a, was a very difficult thing to, uh, to live by. Uh, but the Bible says that she was barren, not because of anything. It wasn't that you know, uh, there was a problem with her. Uh, or that there was a problem uh, with uh, their husband. And, and back then, you just didn't go uh, and find out if, uh, if there was a problem medically or uh, there wasn't the medical advancements and things that we have, of course, today. And uh, it just was uh, what it was. And uh, in, in her mind, uh, in Hannah's mind, obviously, uh, she had resolved to the fact that she was just not going to have any children. Uh, and uh, she was barren and discouraged. And the Bible says that she was burdened uh, because of that very fact, but then burden laid upon her uh, by uh, Penina. Uh, so the Bible says that her adversary, and you can look up these words and get uh, greater definitions about what that means, but uh, she, she provoked her. Um, and if you think about the provocation that probably took place, and uh, you, know, in, uh, you know, we're sinners by nature. Uh, and uh, I'm going to stereotype here just for a little bit uh, about females. Uh, and, uh, and here's what I've noticed uh, over since the time I've been alive uh, and can communicate uh, as I've had uh, uh, c communication uh, with uh, those of uh, the opposite sex, uh, have been a pastor for all these years. Uh, I know that women like to provoke one another. Uh, you know, they'll, uh, they'll say something about the other one's appearance. Uh, they'll uh, give snide remarks uh, about uh, things here and there. Uh, and, and not meaning to encourage, but to discourage, to uh, sharp things that, will, that are meant to hurt. And they would wield those things. So if you can just imagine uh, the times that you've been provoked uh, by an adversary uh, in 2020 or maybe last year or whenever it was, uh, the things that have been said that have been hurtful uh, to you. Uh, but imagine just living with that. Now, most of the time, uh, you can, uh, you can you know, leave uh, when there's a, uh, somebody who's provoking you. Uh, in her case, she couldn't. That provocation, that burden uh, was there. Uh, the difficulty was there. And, and she was a broken, uh, burdened uh, woman as a result of it. Uh, the Bible says in verse number nine that, uh, well, back up uh, verse number seven. And as he did so year by year, speaking of Elkanah when, uh, and Hannah, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Uh, therefore, she wept and did not eat. 
she was discouraged to the point where uh, desperation and, and, uh, and uh, had set in. Uh, she was weeping. Uh, she would not eat, uh, was very bothered by all this. And Elkanah noticed it, uh, her husband, uh, and asked this question in verse number eight. Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? Uh, and uh, like uh, it says, and why is thy heart grieved? And like any bonehead husband uh, from the beginning of time till now uh, said something like, well, said this. It says, am not I better to thee than ten sons? Uh, and uh, the answer, obviously, is no. Uh, and she wanted to have a son. Uh, but fellas, uh, we're often aloof uh, to the uh, emotion uh, of uh, our wives. Uh, God's made us differently. Uh, you uh, stereotypes again. Uh, ladies are a little more emotional. Uh, men a little more uh, on the direct, maybe logical side. And, uh, and unless someone says to us, uh, you know, uh, we've said something wrong, we've done something wrong, uh, we would just go through life every day thinking everything is great. Uh, and so even weeping uh, and maybe not even uh, privy to uh, all the sharp things that uh, Penina had been saying and, and how she had been provoking Hannah through this time. Uh, and the Bible says that he loved her. Uh, and uh, and uh, but but the Lord had shut up her womb. Uh, he could have been just not aware. Uh, of the difficulty that she had been facing uh, in her life. Am I not better to thee uh, than ten sons, was his response. So Hannah rose up, verse number 9, after they had eaten in Shiloh and, and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon the seat uh, by the post of the temple of the Lord, and she was in bitterness of soul. Have you ever been there? Uh, you just, uh, just bitterness and soul. Now we know the Bible says that uh, we're to avoid bitterness and uh, that, that even the root of bitterness, that bitterness is that thing that, uh, that just poisons us. And uh, there's all kinds of sayings connected to that. Bitterness is, uh, is you eating poison, hoping that somebody else uh, would die. Uh, and, uh, and I know scores and scores and scores of people uh, personally uh, and then uh, not personally uh, whose lives are filled with bitterness, a bitterness of soul, hurt, discouraged, depressed, uh, because of her situation. And by the way, it was a situation uh, that was no fault of her own. Uh, the Bible says that God shut up her womb. Uh, it wasn't anything that she had done. God wasn't punishing her for some sin in her life. And uh, it wasn't that uh, that was just her lot and, uh, and, and found out from uh, the fertility clinic that she wasn't able to have children. Uh, they didn't discuss uh, other options. And uh, those just weren't available to people at that day and time, bitterness of soul. And the Bible says that she prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. Uh, Hannah, uh, her faith was a personal faith. Uh, she loved God uh, and probably was her custom to pray and, uh, and, and to bring her petitions to the Lord. But, uh, but she wept sore uh, in her prayers. But uh, there's something also peculiar about this time. In verse number 11, she says, and she vowed a vow and said to the Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life and there shall no razor come upon his head. Uh, some of you, uh, since this coronavirus has started, have, have taken some kind of Nazarite vow uh, as well uh, with no razor having come to your head. Uh, but that was a sign of separation to God. He said, God, if you give me a man child, uh, then I will give that child back to you. And she prayed and she vowed this vow to God. Uh, and, but the way that she did it uh, was this. It says, verse 12, And it came to pass, 
as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. That means that he looked attentively at her. She was praying to God uh, in, in weeping sore. If you can imagine this scene at a time where uh, when people prayed uh, at, uh, in the temple then, uh, they would pray out loud. Uh, they were very animated in their prayers. They would, they would, uh, many of them all at the same time. If you uh, are familiar in watching people praying, uh, like at the Wailing Wall or other places, it's just, uh, or if you've come from the South, uh, if people go to the altar in the South and they pray, uh, just pray, you know, out loud, at the top of their lungs, uh, and everybody at one time. Uh, but people would pray, uh, and it would be out loud, and they would be animated. They would be, uh, they would be uh, doing things with their hands. They would be rocking. Uh, we. Really Realized that when people were in mourning, they would rend uh, their clothes and uh, oftentimes shave their uh, their head, and uh, or they would be in sackcloth and ashes. The Bible would say so. Praying at that time was a very uh, outwardly uh, visible, uh, loud to do uh, that many people would do. That's not what she was. She was crying, uh, but she was over in a corner someplace. Uh, and in praying, this is really the first mention of silent prayer uh, or mental prayer uh, to where you're not praying out loud in, uh, in Scripture. Uh, but she was weeping and praying to God, uh, but she wasn't, her lips were moving, but no sound was coming out. And Eli saw that. As he was watching from afar, he, uh, he saw that she was doing that and marked her mouth. Uh, and, uh, and it says, Now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice uh, was not heard. Verse 14 says, And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thine wine from thee. Uh, and, uh, and let me uh, let's stop there just for a second. Now remember, Eli, he, wasn't, uh, he was not a good guy. Uh, he was the priest, but, uh, but he had his problems. His son Eli and Phineas had their problems. Uh, they had come as their custom was to the temple. Uh, and uh, and uh, so she's praying uh, as the Spirit leads her uh, and silently as unto the Lord uh, in her heart. Uh, and he sees her doing this and it's unusual and says, uh, you know, basically, why would you come to church drunk? Uh, and, and, her, and she responded in a, in a good way. Uh, but uh, here's, here's what, how somebody else uh, most likely in 2020 would have responded to that. As the preacher comes up and says, uh, and, and really says something, he was wrong, and he, uh, he owns that by blessing her uh, here in a minute. Uh, but our response would be, who do, uh, who do you think you are uh, accusing me? Uh, and, uh, and not a, an answer of humility uh, that we find uh, her giving, even uh, being accused. Uh, she's, she's bitterly, uh, she has bitterness of soul. Uh, she is, her house uh, is a place where there's constant conflict. Uh, and uh, Penina, her adversary, provoking her sore uh, every, every day uh, as they would go uh, even yearly to the temple. Uh, I, you know, uh, uh, where's your kids, Hannah? Uh, how come you ain't got any babies? Uh, and uh, um, Elkanah loves me more than he loves you. And you can just imagine all the sharp things that have been said, all the snickers that people would have uh, in, uh, in the neighborhood, uh, uh, you know, PTA. Uh, there there was just uh, all this conflict uh, to where she was discouraged uh, and depressed uh, and comes before the Lord weeping uh, in bitterness of soul. Uh, and the priest had the nerve uh, to say, hey, um, why did you come to church drunk? 
Uh, and, uh, and it would have probably been natural, especially if she lived in today's day and age, to say, you know what, Eli, uh, you're a mess yourself. Uh, and, uh, and who do you think you are judging me? Uh, or, or even say how people do, uh, thou shalt not judge, Eli. Don't you know the Bible says that? Well, of course, he, uh, he didn't. He went ahead and said it. Her response, verse 15, And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, uh, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Uh, she says, I've not come to church drunk. It's out of my complaint uh, and my grief that I'm speaking to the Lord. Uh, I'm, a, I, I'm, I'm sorrowful uh, in spirit. I have not done uh, what you think I've done. And Eli answered and said, Go in peace. And the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, uh, and her countenance was no more sad. Uh, she had uh, no more sadness. It wasn't that, uh, and by the way, uh, at this moment, she is not with child. Uh, the Bible says in the next verses that uh, when they left there that Elkanah knew uh, his wife and she conceived and, uh, and had a son named him Samuel. Uh, because he uh, was a son that was asked of the Lord uh, in prayer. Uh, but when she had answered to prayer uh, through the priest, the priest says that God is going to bless you and give you the petition uh, that you have asked of him. Uh, and uh, she departed, not in bitterness of spirit and of soul, uh, but the Bible says that she was no more sad. No more sad. Now, I've said all of this uh, and read the parts of this account that I've read uh, to point out uh, that, uh, that Hannah was a barren woman, uh, that Hannah was a burdened woman, uh, that Hannah was a broken woman in bitterness of soul. Uh, but she prayed to the Lord and the Lord heard her uh, and she was then a uh, blessed woman. As we read in verses 17 down through verse number 23 uh, in the scripture, uh, but here's the thing. Seemingly forgotten, uh, Hannah was, uh, as she believed uh, to God, uh, an object of reproach and scorn uh, by Penina and, and probably Penina's friends and, uh, and, uh, and the other ladies at, uh, in uh, her bowling league. Uh, they uh, would mock her and, uh, and tease her, uh, but without indulging, uh, in, uh, in feelings, uh, without indulging in resentment, uh, unable to tell her troubles to anybody else, uh, she prayed to God who she knew to be her personal God and uh, her refuge, and she brought her petition uh, to Him. Uh, and as she prayed uh, and believed God for the impossible, she promised to God the incredible uh, in return. I think about her commitment. She said, God, if you answer the petition of your handmaid and you give me a man child, uh, I'll give him to the Lord. And, and, and you can think what you want about the delay uh, in the chapter about uh, as they went. Uh, and uh, uh, she says, Lo, uh, you know, we got to wait till he is weaned and, uh, and whatnot. 
but ultimately she uh, brought him uh, to the temple and, and gave him to the priests. And, uh, and you know, also uh, she kept her promise full, knowing full well who Eli was and who Hophni and Phinehas was. And, uh, and, uh, and that's a, a story in and of itself. Uh, but, uh, but she believed God for the, uh, you know, the impossible. Uh, we know that with God, nothing's impossible. But here's a barren woman who didn't know, uh, um, you know if she was going to have a child ever, uh, but prayed to God and God hurt her uh, and blessed. And, and, and we, uh, we, in part, do kind of what Hannah did to a degree. Um, we do it this way. It's like, God, if you get me out of this, uh, I'm going to be better. God, if you, you know, if you get me through this painful uh, moment or uh, you get me through this health crisis or uh, God, if you, uh, if you just allow me to stay uh, working through this coronavirus business and, uh, and take care of my family, then God, uh, I'm going to do better. That, that's the kind of way that we do this. But, uh, but she, thinking about it, uh, had promised, believed God for the impossible and then promised God the incredible. Her act of giving her child to the Lord is an incredible act. Um, I want you to think about it in that, in that light. What is it that you need from God? What impossible situation uh, do you have uh, in your life? What impossible situation are you going through uh, that you have zero control over? Um, the Bible says God shut up her womb. Uh, the barrenness and the brokenness and all that was involved in her burden uh, was something that she received from God uh, that, uh, that she really didn't want any part of. Uh, and by the way, the kind of faith uh, that it takes, the very uh, practical, profound faith, a depth of faith that we don't find really anymore uh, in society today, uh, the quiet, humble prayer that she prayed to God, uh, that God would give her the impossible, then, then promise God the incredible, uh, that, is, uh, that is something that is profound. Uh, her faith was personal. It was practical. She lived it out and she praised God uh, as a result of it. Uh, but it was a profound faith, an example of a, of a godly woman uh, who loved God and then kept her promises. But she promised God an incredible promise and came, and came through with it and did it uh, regardless uh, of the circumstances around, your, around her. Uh, is that you today? Um, do you have that kind of faith? Uh, do you humbly ask God or maybe, uh, you know, uh, if it were if it were me, I would have probably prayed a prayer like this. Uh, God, uh, why do you not like me? Uh, God, why are you putting me through this? Uh, God, uh, I loved you and served you. Uh, why is it that you're going to bless Penina, uh, but you won't bless me? Uh, is it something that I've done? Uh, why have you forsaken me? Uh, God, why don't you hear my prayers? Uh, why, why, why? And just I'm suffering uh, and I don't deserve it. I'm trying to live. And we would complain and we would go from one day maybe having faith uh, and then the next day to an unwavering faith, uh, not knowing. Just I pray uh, and I pray and I pray that God would give me a child. And he doesn't hear me. He doesn't listen to me. He doesn't want to bless me. Uh, and, uh, and we would bring our complaints to God uh, that way uh, and blaming him for what we're going through. Uh, and then we would communicate that bitterness uh, to the people around us. But that's not what God wants us to do. This example that we have in the Bible of this godly woman is a perfect example of what we need to be. Uh, not just if you're here today and you're a mom, there's so much stuff just packed into this passage of scripture in this whole book, uh, by the way. 
for you uh, to, to be a, uh, a woman of faith, that have a personal faith and a profound faith, a very practical faith. She lived it out. It wasn't just, you know, theoretical to her. Uh, she believed God. She believed God was the, was the sovereign God entrusted him in his decisions uh, and, and probably full well uh, determined in her life uh, that if this, what she couldn't do anything. She couldn't, she couldn't just, you know, have a baby. Uh, she couldn't just leave Elkanah. Uh, she couldn't just uh, complain. We, in fact, we don't even see her. Uh, we would have been, hey, uh, Elkanah, uh, you know, is there like, can you, can you build like another uh, house uh, so I can live in there to get away from this crazy woman? Uh, can you, do you not see how bitter she is towards me and, and how she provokes me every day? Uh, and and uh, you say you love me. Uh, so, oh, hey, thank you for the double portion. Uh, but by the way, um, do you know what your other wife is doing? Do you know how your other wife is behaving? Uh, that wasn't her spirit at all. Uh, she would, uh, in, uh, in the vernacular of my pastor, uh, she just sucked it up and lived for God. And I think that's what all of us need to do, regardless of what circumstance we're in. God knows right where and God has us in that position and in that circumstance for a reason. It's to bring him glory. And believe me, more glory was brought to God in the life of Samuel uh, than any of the And God blessed her uh, and she had other children. Uh, but Samuel was a remarkable one in all of Scripture. So having been left and forgotten and without uh, indulging in uh, the, uh, the resentment and the feelings and, and whatever. And it's a hurtful thing uh, to be in a difficult situation, burdened and broken and barren. Uh, but the best thing that we can do is just take uh, those burdens to the Lord uh, and bring our petitions to Him with faith uh, and humility uh, in, in a way uh, silently and not outwardly and openly. And uh, I mean, she was weeping openly. That was visible but she was praying in her heart and silently before the Lord uh, and in a time when that was uncommon uh, and God heard her prayer uh, and blessed her. So I don't know what it is that you're going through uh, today, uh, but I would imagine it's something. Uh, all of us are going through difficult times right now. Uh, and, uh, but maybe you just need to promise God some incredible thing uh, God, and, uh, and, then, and then live up uh, to the promises and the faith and, uh, and the exercise of that faith uh, in your life each and every day. It's real easy uh, right now to, uh, to kind of get in coast mode. Uh, at the beginning of this thing, uh, where, where um, there's so much uncertainty, um, most of us have learned to cope with the uncertainty and all the inconveniences uh, in life. In fact, even to the point, it was like uh, yesterday, uh, I, was, uh, I was waiting to get a cup of coffee or something, uh, and, uh, and, and I thought for a moment, like, I, I, I wish uh, it just stayed like this. It was a lot easier. I didn't have to deal with this and that. Uh, and uh, so we can go from, man, this is going to be crazy to almost uh, comfort in the fact of, uh, of not having traffic on the... I, I promised God yesterday that I'm, I'm not going to complain uh, about gridlock on I-5 or 167 uh, at least for one week uh, <laughs> once, uh, uh, once everything begins to open up. Uh, if there's more cars on the road, that means things are getting back to normal and people are going back to work. Uh, and we just ought to praise God uh, for all that. So I challenge you, maybe longer than a week, uh, just to thank God uh, for the traffic on, on the road. But we begin to coast. 
uh, and uh, oh, another week of this or another month of this or, okay, we can, uh, we can do that. And, and all the crazy stuff on the news. We're going to give $2,000 a month to everybody and, uh, and on and on. Uh, and, uh, and so, but we, we understand God is bringing us through uh, and, and, and that uh, God is good. Uh, but that coasting can kind of lull us into an apathy uh, that is a dangerous apathy. Uh, you know, I thought uh, about, uh, um, you know, giving out, you know, the gift cards. I'll use that as an example. Um, uh, I, I posted that on the Internet uh, this morning. Uh, and, uh, and I want to incentivize, uh, in, in part, being here for the drive-in church. Uh, I know people are watching and, and you had plans to stay home and didn't know I was going to do that. And, uh, but uh, I wanted to do that because I, I, want, I want to get you in the practice, back in the practice again of showing up uh, to this campus. Uh, and uh, right now we're doing it in cars and uh, tonight we'll, uh, we'll be inside. And, uh, and I want to encourage you to come out uh, and, uh, and be there. We're, you know, um, uh, we need to be as consistent with uh, with all of that as we are in all the other things uh, that we're doing. Uh, we're in contact with people all the time at work and in box stores and everything. Uh, so, so bring yourself to a logical conclusion about all of uh, the stuff in the news and the coronavirus itself. Uh, but beyond that, uh, just be committed uh, to, to refocusing on God and living out your faith and being present and keeping the, the vows that you've promised God uh, and, uh, and, uh, and just follow with, following through with all those things and realizing that you're in a position uh, in a circumstance that you had zero control over uh, and that we can learn from someone like Hannah to just go through it with all of its provocations and burdens and difficulties uh, and just bring our petitions to God uh, in humble, quiet submission uh, to him and trust that God will do what he's going to do in his timing. God could have chosen full well uh, to never give for a child. And if he did that, he would still be a good and gracious God. Uh, but he blessed her and answered her prayer. What prayer do you need answered today? Uh, I hope uh, that you can learn from this woman uh, and on this Mother's Day and, uh, and that you can commit to being a, a mom with that kind of faith or a dad uh, with that kind of faith, just a Christian uh, that believes that God uh, can do the impossible and bring us through. And I trust that that could be a comfort to you uh, during this day uh, and this time that we're going through.